Here in the United States, the third Monday of January, which happened just a few days ago, is a national holiday to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the civil rights leader. I recently came across one of his quotes where he said, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I've seen the truth of his comment played out several times in my life, and it's what I talk about in today's episode because it speaks to a relational skill we would all do well to master. But first, here's a word from Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Well, hey, thank you, Carol. Now, as with every episode, our purpose today is to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. If you're new to the podcast, you can access all past and future shows by going to johnsertalic.com. That's John with an H and Sertalic with C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C dot com. Add your name and email, then click on the follow or subscribe button near the top of the page. When I first read the quote from Martin Luther King, an incident popped up in my mind like a jack-in-the-box that just sprung loose. It was the time the silence of my friends drowned out the words of my enemy. It happened the night the pastor of our church yelled at me. Yeah, he yelled at me. Let me tell you how it happened. I was a deacon at the church we were attending at the time, and we happened to have a meeting one evening. And a concern that we talked about that particular night was the issue of people leaving the church. The pastor was a very good evangelist, and we had a lot of people coming to the church through the front door, but there were almost as many leaving out the back door, and we wanted to talk about it and what we could do to solve this problem. Well, there were eight of us or so seated at tables arranged in a horseshoe. And at one point in the conversation, I suggested that we contact those people who are leaving the church and ask them why, in effect, to do exit interviews. Well, all of a sudden, the pastor got really angry and, while pounding his fist on the table, yelled at me. He said to me, We don't need to do that. I know why people are leaving. It's families where the wife wears the pants in the family. These are the people who are leaving the church. Wow. After that, you could have heard a pin drop. His take on the problem was completely inaccurate, but his anger caught me and everyone else off guard. It was quite shocking because it was so uncharacteristic of him. Now, I I never considered him then or since my enemy, But what struck me most about that evening, and what I remember to this day, is the silence of my friends sitting around those tables, 
at that board meeting with me that evening. Now, without regard to the pastor's analysis of the issue, which in my view was woefully inaccurate, no one said anything in the meeting about his yelling at me and pounding his fist on the table. Even if you agreed with the pastor's view, it was really inappropriate to respond as he did. No one said a word to him or to me, and I felt like I was hanging in the wind because no one called the pastor out for his outburst. Who are these people, I thought. Are they that weak? Days later, an older man on the board, my father's age, did tell me privately that the pastor's reaction to my suggestion was totally out of line. But he said nothing at that meeting. Now, as I think about that night, I I think about the times that I've been weak myself in failing to speak the truth when someone needed defending. I can think of two occasions where I failed to stand up strongly enough for two different youth pastors in two different churches. Both of these guys were great youth pastors. In one case, the board was very legalistic and intolerant of new ways of doing youth ministry. And in the other, the senior pastor was intimidated by how gifted the youth pastor was in relating to people and in his preaching, which was really superior to his own. These examples of the silence of our friends, as Martin Luther King calls it, reminds me of several times when people actually did stand up for me, when they spoke for me. As a high school student, for example, An English teacher recognized one time that I was capable of higher-level academic work and advocated for me to be placed on a more advanced track. In my book, Them, The Richer Life Found in Caring for Others, I write about a guidance counselor at the same high school who was able to get financial aid for me to attend college 250 miles from home when I had no hope of ever getting any kind of help whatsoever. It's no exaggeration to say that what she did changed the course of my life. You know, there are times in life when we could all use an advocate. And there are times when God presents us with opportunities to be an advocate for others, to speak on their behalf when they can't speak for themselves. A number of years ago, I was at an annual meeting of the church we were attending at the time. These are normally pretty dull affairs, at least they are for me. But in this particular meeting, there was a discussion about a missionary couple the church had been supporting for many years. The plan at this meeting that was proposed was to stop supporting this couple because they were, quote, retiring, unquote, and moving back to the U.S., and people seemed generally in favor of this idea. But I knew this couple, and I knew that their definition of retiring was to return back to the U.S. and continue doing the Bible translation work they had been doing for a people group in Asia for several decades 
They didn't need to be in Asia to do their work, and they still planned to travel back and forth there on occasion. They were going to be working just as hard in the U.S. as they were in Asia. I'm not one to speak up in meetings like this, but I did this time. I couldn't sit in silence while decisions were made about them. And fortunately, the original proposal was dropped and their support continued. I have one another example, and it involves speaking up for teenagers of all people. I've mentioned before that I was a teacher back in the 70s, and this was at a high school in a semi-rural area in southeastern Wisconsin. There was a time when the kids, uh, mostly boys, juniors and seniors, were complaining about the poor condition of the student parking lot behind the school. There were lots of potholes, the, the suspension systems on their cars were being damaged, getting flat tires. It was just a big mess. And these guys complained about it a lot, and they talked to the principal, but nothing happened. So after hearing their complaints and getting a little bit tired of it, I offered a solution. Here's what I said to a couple of them, a couple of these high school seniors or juniors. I said, why don't you check with the police and see if there is anything prohibiting parking along the highway in front of our school. If it's legal to park there, start doing that and see what happens. So that's what they did. They started parking along this highway in front of our school. It was a two-lane highway. I think the speed limit was about 50 miles an hour, so it's not a, like a residential street. It wasn't a super highway either. But when people took notice of all these cars parked along the highway, things started to happen. It caught the attention of everyone. And within a couple of months, the city passed a no-parking ordinance and put up signs along the highway in front of the school. And eventually, the parking lot was repaired to the satisfaction of these guys. Well, this, this brought me great joy, seeing these kids getting their voice heard. Their actions broke the silence of the school administration in ways their words could not. And it's been decades since that happened, and several years ago, I happened to be driving past this old high school where I taught, and I saw that those no parking signs were still there. You know, I love telling the story more than, I, more than I should, and I'm just grateful that the statute of limitations for any kind of wrongdoing on my part has passed. But it wasn't wrongdoing. It was just advocating for these high school kids to help them get something they needed. So, what, do, what does all of this mean for you? It's just a couple of days past the Martin Luther King holiday here in the U.S., and it makes me wonder how the quote of his that I mentioned in the beginning has been part of your experience, where you remember not so much the words of your enemies as you do the silence of your friends. It also makes me wonder if you are anything like me, where your silence, like mine, has kept you from speaking up for someone who can't speak for themselves. 
Is there anyone you think God may want you to advocate for? Now, we certainly are not to speak up about everything and fight every battle. And many times the wisest thing to do is to sit in our silence and watch what happens. But there are also times when we need to step forward and speak on people's behalf. It takes godly wisdom to know when to speak and certainly when to remain silent. Here's the main point of this episode that I hope you take away with you. Here in the week where we honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., let's take his words to heart and not become one of those he mentions in his statement, we remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Let's pray for wisdom to know when and how to speak up and give voice to those who can't speak for themselves. Before we wrap up today's show, if you'd like some input regarding a relationship question or issue you're dealing with, I'd love to hear from you. Just go to johnsertalic.com question to leave me a voicemail. If you'd rather put your question in writing, just enter it in the leave a comment box at the bottom of the show notes. And then I'll do my best to answer your question in a future episode. In closing, I'd also love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show, at least enough to put into practice what you've heard about speaking up for others who need you. Because when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships God desires for you. For as you know by now, you were made for this. Well, that's it for today. If there's someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode on to them. Scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on one of the options in the yellow Share This bar. And don't forget to spread a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.